first episode of the curious cat i am sebastian bowen i am joined hopefully as always by zoe marie castleman are you there zoe hi (laughs) hi (laughs) why do you sound like you're petrified (laughs) because i didn't know what to say (laughs) well we're going to be saying a lot more so hopefully as as we go on you're going to say more than just hi but yeah, the Curious Cat podcast is a podcast all about little curiosities in life, little stories, mysteries, things that myself and Zoe have probably been talking about for many, many years. And uh, an idea that we've always had was to either, in some sort of medium or media, bring this to the masses, kind of things that we enjoy, but never knew really how we wanted to um, materialise that. And then one day we kind of landed on the idea of a podcast. That was how many years ago now? That was 2016. So, yeah, it didn't take that long (laughs) before we actually (laughs) finally actually decided to press record on it, mainly just due to life and me just being on a completely different mission job-wise and stuff like that. And things happen. So you kind of just go moving around. You keep thinking, yeah, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. But finally, we we are here. And we have arrived. So this is the first episode. We're going to find out how things are going to go moving forward, format changes, layout of the show. But generally, we're going to try and pick a subject matter for each episode and discuss that for about an hour, hour and a half, and see if we can kind of unpick some of the stories and the mysteries behind them. What do we have for our first episode today, Zoe? Today we have the Cecil Hotel which was a hotel in America, or is a hotel in America, built in 1924 by William Banks Hanna. And it was supposed to be a destination hotel for international businessmen and the social elites. And it has turned out to be anything but. <laughs> okay. So, so, yeah, in case people are wondering, is this a, is this a show about architecture or, or buildings? No. <laughs> what, what's so special about this hotel? There are many special things. It is the home of about 16 different murders, suicides, unexplained paranormal events. Yeah, and has taken temporary home to some of America's most notorious serial killers. It is infamously known for the more modern Alyssa Lamb case, which we'll be going into. So it's full of paranormal and interesting events. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Alyssa Lam there, and I think for some listeners, they might be familiar with the Alyssa Lam story, which is in some ways how we kind of came upon uh, the Cecil Hotel, because obviously it, it takes place there. And originally, we were going to just do a deep dive into the Alyssa Lam story, but also discovered along the way that so many people have already done that. And we thought it'd be more interesting to cover the actual hotel itself, because the hotel definitely has a very interesting past. William Banks Hanna built it. Okay. Um, he built it in 1924. He spent he at the like t- some hotel entrepreneur kind of guy just going around like throwing at hotels at the time, or just interested <laughs> in it. I think this was an investment for him. Okay. Um, it was meant to be, yeah, as I said earlier, for the international businessmen and social elites. He'd spent 
one million dollars at the time mm. on the seven hundred room style ho- uh, hotel. On the outside, it doesn't look that desirable, I admit. No. But the pictures I've seen and images I've seen, the video footage I've seen from the inside, it is very much like the high end for, you know, the aristocrat type of people. Um, it's all decked out in marble, um, lovely art deco ceilings, huge stairways and stuff. It's it's very, like, you would never know looking from the outside that it looks like that. And in some ways, for some reason, that makes it slightly more creepy for me, is that it's got that <laughs> kind of nice, it's almost like you're entering another world, you know what I mean? Like, you know those old movies that we used to have in the 80s where some kid for some reason will go down an alleyway and push open the door and then boom, you're in a completely different movie. You're like, how did you get here? It's got that kind of, like, Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe kind of appeal to it. So, yeah. So if you get yeah. a chance, check out some images of it online. Yeah, and it is important to note as well that this was actually the um, inspiration behind American Horror Stories. Was it fifth season? Correct. And you know what's so weird about that is um, I watched American Horror Story up until that season. Right? Oh. <laughs> I had This is what's so weird. I still haven't watched it, right? But I had such a big dislike for Lady Gaga at the time. And I know she's in, in she's in the first episode and it's kind of crazy. There's a lot of blood. That's all I can say. No spoilers. But there's a lot of blood in the first like opening scene of the first episode of that season. And that immediately turned me off. And I think I watched the first episode because I thought I'm, I, I want to actually watch this because I've enjoyed all the other four seasons. And there was something going on that was so bizarre that I was like, you know what? I think I'm out. I think this might be my limit for the show because I couldn't justify watching this in front of anyone else. I think that was the, the the bar that I put it to. I was like, if someone walked in now, one of my friends, who was not into this kind of bizarre world, and they looked at the screen at this very moment, could I justify That weird, like, this? sex monster on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. That, that weird <laughs> thing was going on. I was just sitting there watching it alone, thinking at no point would I want someone to walk in at this moment. And then I kind of just kind of I jumped out of that show. I, d- I have been meaning to go back because I know they've made extra seasons after that. And to be fair, I like for you to listen to after doing this then, because you might be able to see some parallels from the stories. Well, yeah. And that's why I kind of didn't want it. When I realized that um, that season was about that, I didn't want it to kind of take my view on the podcast from what I'd already researched. So I thought I'd watch it after I've done this episode. But yeah, I'm going to go back. I am going to go back. So we've got that um, even though it was so beautiful on the inside, Hannah would come to regret his investment pretty quickly. Just two years after the Cecil Hotel opened, the the world was thrown into the Great Depression. So the area surrounding the Cecil Hotel would soon be dubbed Skid Row and Mm. became home to thousands of homeless people. Just stop you there. For those people that don't know what Skid Row is, just just Google it, okay? It's kind of (laughs) like if you lived in London around the early 80s, there used to be a place where now Waterloo is um, called Cardboard City which essentially is what Skid Row is, but on a much grander scale. But yeah, Cardboard City, I remember being young on a train going up to uh, the West End with my parents, and you'd look down in where I think now is the IMAX theatre. So where that IMAX theatre is, Mm. that actual round area literally used to be like, you could look down into it on a train, and it would just be filled with homeless people and loads of boxes. And that's the only closest thing I think we've had in London where I can imagine what Skid Row kind of looks like. So... They've gone from this, this hotel has gone from being in this very affluent kind of nice area, attracting nice guests to all of a sudden being in the complete opposite, which is, again, feels quite 
you know, chilling in a way. Like one day you're doing really well and the other day you, it's literally the opposite. And you're surrounded by, I suppose, drug dealers, drug addicts, homeless people, and probably some undesirable other people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've said it all, yeah. It was a meeting place for junkies, criminals, and it gained a reputation for violence and death. In the 1930s alone, the Cecil Hotel was home to at least six reported suicides, including residents ingesting poison, shooting themselves, slitting their own throats, or jumping out of bedroom windows. That um, seems a bit extreme as well, jumping out of bedroom windows, because this is not a short place. This has got how many floors? Is it 14, 15? Exactly. 14, uh, yeah. And I think the majority I've heard were at the ninth story window. So. There's no surviving that um, at all. No, and it is important to note that this is in the middle of the Great Depression and there are a lot of flaws. So I think suicide was quite common in the 1930s. Yeah, apparently there was like an all-time high in uh, Los Angeles at that time as well. So that's the thing. When you look at the ratio of how many people committed suicide from this place, because the argument is, is this place really that spooky or is it just happened to be in a very depressing place at that time, which obviously led to people wanting to take their lives there. But we're going to go through some of the incidents that took place in this hotel and, and you can you guys can decide at home what you think but um at least some of these incidents made me raise an eyebrow that's what i'm gonna say so what was the first type of um kind of crazy thing to happen there one of the most talked about because of her infamy infamacy i guess Mm -hmm. is supposedly elizabeth short aka the black dahlia so there is no documentation or verification that she ever stepped foot in that hotel. Oh, really? Okay. So Not even a little bit. So why is it so? Why is it she so linked to it then? It's speculated that she was seen at the hotel not long before she was murdered, and she was found just a few streets away from the hotel when she was murdered. Okay. Okay. Elizabeth Short was. Uh, a woman that was found not just murdered, but she was brutally um, murdered. She was, I think, sliced from ear to ear on both sides um, and cut in half, I believe, as well. So completely dismembered, is that correct? So, yeah, very, very gruesome crime, which was seen as a very, you know, talked about thing at the time and and would be even today. But, yeah, so you're saying from your research, you, you can't find anything that actually states that she stayed at the hotel. No, she's probably more famously linked to, I would say, she's probably got more chance of being linked to the Zodiac Killer than she has the Cecil Hotel. Oh, really? Okay. All right. So that's the first one that's kind of like, you're not completely 100% convinced on that one. Um, But there was another story that kind of caught my interest, which was uh, the young lady who had a baby there. She didn't know she was pregnant. What's her name? Dorothy Jean Purcell. That's right. Yeah. That was a weird story in the sense that, because apparently she had a baby. Well, first of all, she didn't know she was pregnant. She was dating a guy that was like two or twice her age or something, and they were staying at the hotel. She gets some stomach pains in the middle of the night, gets up to uh, try and see what's going on, uh, goes to the toilet and gives birth, and then is surprised at the fact she's given birth, obviously, because she didn't know she was pregnant, believes the baby is stillborn, uh, and decides to throw the baby out the window. Now, the thing that kind of made me really suspicious about this story was 
if you've seen childbirth, you know there's a lot more to it than that. Like it's not just oh a baby comes out and you can just chuck out the window. It is still attached to the woman. So I don't know if she cut the umbilical cord because at which point I'm sure the baby would have gasped for breath or cried even, um, which is what I know from my experience. Cutting the umbilical cord usually is the first time you hear the baby cry. Um, so, so yeah, that kind of threw me. I don't know your thoughts on that story. When at the article I was reading, so her partner was a man who was a 38-year-old shoe salesman called Ben Levine. Mm. And the article says, not wanting to wake Levine, she went to the bathroom and delivered her baby this, herself. Full stop. Just not wanting to wake him. Just go and, to and- could you imagine that going from not even knowing you're pregnant, just I'm t- I'm going to deliver my own baby right now, quietly, in the quietly box. as well. I, I just there's so much about that story. I'm just kind of like, for me, the guy has to be involved, and I don't know why, but when I first heard that story, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, he made her throw it out the window because he didn't want her to, you know, either spoil his reputation so to speak and him being twice her age and how that might be looked upon um, and he possibly might be married as well I, I don't know but that the first thing in my mind was it's just an odd thing to do just to and it, give birth and then just chuck it out the window when she was arrested psychologists determined that she was mentally confused and found not guilty by reason of insanity so that even make more makes me feel like they did know it was alive and maybe threw it out the window and maybe they got lucky because she got off on insanity. Yeah. Tended he was asleep throughout the whole thing so he couldn't be, you know, liable. Exactly, exactly. No, I, I definitely think it's something along those lines because I just, I didn't, I don't know, what we've, and there's not much to go on. That, what what we've said about that story is pretty much what I've seen everywhere and read everywhere is, is, is those facts. Um, but there's also another um suicide with another lady uh what's her name that's the lady that just decided oh yeah so she was she was in a relationship with a guy and the marriage or yeah their relationship wasn't going too well and they decided to have some words one day uh, and at some point decided to check into the hotel to continue their conversation um he goes to either get something to eat and during that time, she just decides to just jump out the window. But unfortunately, landing on an elderly man, poor George Gianni, is it? Or Giniani? Yeah. Um, and she kills him down below, which I just, I just thought, oh, how sad is that? You're walking down the road, <laughs> <laughs> just minding your own business. And then out of nowhere, nowhere a woman called Pauline Otten just falls on your head. I just thought that has got to be one of the saddest ways to go. And it totally made me think about looking up now when I'm walking past buildings because it's not something you consider is someone falling on your head. So, but yeah, I mean, that was in 1962. So that's not not that long ago either. That's kind of crazy. But what did you think about that story? I mean, I I think this is my favourite story. Your um, favourite, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a ton of words. But I, it was all the most interesting, the most unfortunate. Mm. Okay. I think it's quite interesting there's no witnesses to the incident, so police initially thought it was a suicide pact between the couple. Yeah. Due to some detective work, they ruled that poor George had been, kind of, she'd fallen on him because his hands were in his pockets and his shoes were on. Yeah, yeah. And shoes would have fallen off and of course his hands wouldn't have been in his pocket so they had to come to the conclusion that she'd fallen on top of him 
Yeah, and when I read that as well, I, I, it kind of made me think of like those old detective books where you they're like they're such um, precise facts. Like, and I wonder today if our kind of coppers would pick up on that and notice that and go, "Hmm, he have his he has his shoes on." So I, I, I'm I'm suspecting he did not actually jump out a window because I didn't think of that at first. I probably would have thought about the hands in the pocket thing because that's an unusual way to jump out of a window, but. <laughs> But the the shoes on may have taken a little longer for me to realise. Actually, that's a good point. Your shoes would not stay on as you're floating through um, the, the air, about to hit the floor. Um, and would they have been holding hands? Which is why I would have probably thought. Because I think if I jump out of a window with someone together, I think I'm probably going to want to hold hands just because it just feels like the right thing to do. You know, you don't, you're not going to jump separately. Just are to you? make sure they go with you. I right? think that's what it is, though, isn't it? You don't. You want to make sure you're both going at the same time. You don't. You don't want to risk it. Like you jump, and then the last thing you see is them looking down on you <laughs> as you I fall. <laughs> So yeah, so poor poor George on that one. I, I thought that was one of the one of the saddest stories because he was just completely innocent. From a writing point of view, how interested interesting it would be to write like the last day of his life. Like, what if in some weird twisted way he actually was a bad person and he thought he was about to get away with something and that was his last walk down the road and then boom, this woman just from nowhere lands on him. Like, what are the odds? What are the odds of that happening? My gosh, but yeah. So those those are the kind of kind of stories that came out here. I mean, let's read you through just in kind of some sort of date order here. So like I, so as we said, the hotel was kind of put together in was it 1924. By 1927, there was a man arrested there for burglaries. I think the first suicide took place in 1929. 1931, another man was there trying to sell drugs. He got arrested for selling like ten thousand pounds worth of drugs. The poison incident that you mentioned, uh, do you have any information on that? Because I know that took place in 1931. W.K. Norton, I think his name was. He was yeah. found in the hotel room dead, just suspected by poison. Yeah, so he was found, he was 25 years old. Oh, no, sorry, that was a year, that was a man after him. Oh, really? Okay. There was a few in that same year. Yeah, no, there's not much about him. It just says found dead in his room after eating poison capsules. That's about all I could find from him. Okay. By the, night, by the end of the 1930, though, there'd been at least six suicides already. And don't forget, this, is, this has only been around for six years at this point. It was, it was 1924, wasn't it, when it was created? Was it 1924? That's correct, yeah. So six years of it being a hotel, at least six people have already committed suicide there. And, I mean, I think if you thought about that now, in today's time, your, your local days in down the road you, they'd probably have shut that thing down by now if rumor was getting around that this place was like a suicide hotel well that's I don't think, it's nicknamed <laughs> that's its nickname exactly like i don't think it'd be around anymore most people wouldn't be staying there checking in on a weekly basis yeah in the, no, in the 1930s you have wk norton who was 46 you have 25 year old benjamin deutsch who was found by maid in his room after a self-inflicted gun ho- hole yeah that was shot to the head right yeah, okay. yeah uh, I thought that was or you had an army medical um surgeon lewis d borden who was found with his throat slashed mm. suicide note 1937 you had gracie margot who was discovered wrapped in the telephone wires wires after she jumped from the ninth floor yeah, that one sounds pretty bad as well. I mean, because she, she did hit the ground, but, yeah, she took the telephone pole with her by the sounds of things. 
A year later, you have the body of 35-year-old U.S. Marine Roy Thompson, who was found on the skylight of a nearby building from mm-hmm. the jumping. Um, you also have, in 1939, Navy officer Erwin C. Nebler, who was found dead after ingesting poison as well. So there's quite a lot of, I think there's quite a lot of army people here. Yeah, and poison is such like an old school <laughs> way of diet, like the Victorian times, I think, of when I think of poison. You don't, you don't think of that modern day version of that. I suppose Litvinenko, I think you were the last person, or no, the most recent Russian case. Where do we have it? Was it in Salisbury over here? Yeah. They were they were poisoned, don't they? So. Um, yeah. Yeah, I suppose they bring they're bringing poison back. Okay, so those are some of like mainly the suicides. We talked about the baby found dead on the roof. That I was in nineteen forty four. Uh one of my other favourite ones that we haven't mentioned yet in nineteen sixty four was Pigeon Goldie. Oh yeah, okay. Explain about Pigeon Goldie. So apparently she was a recognisable face around the hotel as she protected and fed the local pigeons. Yes, that's correct. And she wouldn't hurt a fly. Apparently, the most mean thing she would ever say is telling another pigeon not to eat the little pigeon's food. How (laughs) sweet is that? So on that, yes, she was very sweet. But she was found dead in her room at the hotel after being assaulted, stabbed and strangled. Mm. Um, And the police or the whoever killed her ransacked her room and police... All they could find was a paper bag full of bird seed, which is just heartbreaking. Yeah, I know. That's that's all that's left. I mean, it's like it's like the woman from Home Alone too, the the pigeon lady. When I when I heard this story, I, I couldn't help but imagine her. No, and uh, that's an unsolved murder. So there was a suspect. He was seen wa- walking through the square wearing blood-stained clothes, and he was charged for the murder. But later, he was cleared. So mm. unsolved. Yeah, and as we mentioned at the start not only been homicides and and um well sorry suicides and homicides but some of those homicides have been committed by serial killers not at the hotel though or the opposite way around serial killers have stayed at the hotel and i say killers is in plural because there's been two which is definitely odd i mean what are the odds of two people that are both quite famous serial killers staying at the hotel but so- one was in what was it 1984 yeah, so it was one was in the mid nineteen eighties and the other was nineteen ninety one. I did read it's important to note that the second serial killer may have stayed in the hotel because the first serial killer did. Oh, okay. So he was kind of like a copycat serial killer. He's like, I want I want to do what the last guy did. But let's talk about the first one, because the first one's a very famous one, which is the Night Stalker. And that was in nineteen eighty four to nineteen eighty five. Well, to about sixteen months apparently. Uh, what's his name? Richard Ramirez. He stayed there whilst on the hunt every evening or every other evening, I suppose, trying to murder women in their sleep. Been known to kill at least 13 women. And he's done a string of burglaries as well and probably other offences. And after he was arrested, that's when it emerged that he'd been staying at the Cecil Hotel the whole time as his kind of like base, his little setup base. And the weird thing I heard in one of the documentaries was um, he used to like stroll in naked because like he'd have blood all over him. Yeah, after he's bludgeoned someone to death. Yeah, so uh, you take all his clothes off by a dumpster somewhere in an alleyway and then just walk back into the hotel naked. And no one would even like bat an eyelid because this place is so run down on the outside of where they are. No one would even bat an eyelid. Just be like, oh, yeah, he's just another drug. He's just walking in here with no clothes on. Like, it, that's, that was the weirdest kind of thing I heard. I was just like, what the hell? So he'd have completely no evidence on him. All he had to do was just jump in the shower when he got to the hotel and he was, he was, he was good to go the next day. 
Yeah, I also read that he stayed there for fourteen dollars a night. Yeah, which is pretty cheap. He's pretty, you can't argue with those prices. I yeah. mean, if a serial killer is willing to pay forty dollars a night, I mean, you can't really argue with that. I mean, it's, it's less than what a hundred quid. Well, not less than a hundred quid. Yeah, just under a hundred quid a night, isn't it? And what is that? Fourteen times seven. Your maths are better than my maths, but um, it's like a hundred quid a week. So um, yeah, not doing too bad there on the price. I wonder what you get for fourteen dollars a night though what kind of do you think they change the sheets every every day in that kind of place i mean how could you change the sheets for 700 bedrooms every day yeah that that mind boggles on its own like what is the laundry room looking like for a hotel with 700 bedrooms in it like that that alone it's a task in that kind of area that should tell you straight away these sheets are not clean because they're not spending that much money on detergent around here but yeah and then the other serial killer, his name was, was it Jack Untenberger? Yeah. Did you know much about him? Yeah, so he, in 1991, he was Austrian. He strangled prostitutes with their own bras and also called the hotel his home. So, yeah, as I said earlier, rumour has it that he chose the hotel because of the connection to the Night Stalker. Okay. Um, and what was his game? So he murdered 11 prostitutes in Vienna, Prague and Los Angeles by strangling them to death with their own lingerie between 1990 and 1992. Okay. Um, so he stayed at Cecil Hotel while he worked for an Austrian magazine writing stories about crime in Los Angeles. That's convenient. So he was, he was, so, he was a meta serial killer. So he was, he was actually doing the crime. while I was writing about it. It was like a Dexter kind of narration in his head. Like, so write about Right, like. Well, yeah, he's creating he's creating the content as he goes along, and his guy was even doing like ride-alongs with cops, from what I saw in one of the articles. So he was not only kind of like just in the mix of it, but he was actually with the police officers as they're trying to go out there and arrest other people for doing crimes. In the meantime, he was planning and plotting his own midnight activities. Again, not substantiated anywhere, but there anywhere, but there is a rumor that he killed at least a couple of the prostitutes in the hotel itself. Okay. Oh, uh, wait there, inside the Cecil Hotel? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't come across that. That's, um, I yeah. Again, it's a bit like the Dahlia thing. It might just be like speculation and people trying to add to the story. Right, right, um, okay. There are rumours that he did do that. I couldn't find any official documentation about where each body was found. But Okay. Oh, $98, by the way, is exactly what $14 a night would be for the week. So I thought I'd just go back and mention that. But yes, uh, so this guy, 17 years earlier, it turns out, he murdered a German woman in the same way, which is kind of how he kind of got caught, isn't it? Because, well, no, he did that 17 years earlier. He murdered this German woman. He got arrested for that, put in jail, did his time. And while he was doing his time, he started being like a very prolific writer and poet. And he was a, like the, the best citizen you can imagine in jail. Like he was just a model citizen, they said. Um, so people started to actually protest for his release, which is how he got out. So people were like, no, this dude shouldn't be in jail no more. He, he's clearly not crazy no more. Let's let him out. So they let him out. And that's when he decides to have this crazy plan of going to America to study crime in the meantime, a.k.a. commit crime. And then, yeah, he gets pulled up again in Austria when they notice that some of the crimes he's doing in America 
match some of the crimes he did in Austria just before he left to go to America. So he had like a little practice run in Austria before he flew out to America. He thought, I just want to know and get this right. So, because um, he had a very specific MO, wasn't he? He always strangled them with their bras, apparently. Um, so that was kind of like his, um, his signature. Eventually, he's arrested in Miami in 1992. 1994, he goes to court and he's sentenced there with life without no parole. And the very same night he's arrested and sentenced, he hangs himself. I wonder if he did it with a bra. Apparently, he did it with the same knot that he used to strangle his victims. But I don't think that's too far-fetched because it was probably a knot to strangle people. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he wanted to make sure he got it exactly right. Yeah. So, yeah, two two serial killers, though. I mean, that's, that's... That is creepy. I didn't mention that Richard Ramirez actually only died in 2013. Yeah, Night Stalker. Yeah, that's true. So that's, that's... At 53, which brings it into modern history, I think. Is yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird if you checked into a hotel and they, if they gave you this like as a leaflet as you walked in, everything we've just said. Like, oh, by the way, we think you should know. This is the kind of crazy stuff that's been going on here. <laughs> name, haven't they? They've changed their name. It's now called Stay on Main. That's right, yeah, which I thought was a real weird name. Even when I was kind of typing it out, I was like, Stay on Main Hotel. Like, it, it's just, it doesn't roll off the tongue. That's so it, I mean, the Cecil Hotel sounds like an establishment, you know. But, it's currently yeah. a refurbishment that could be open as soon as the end of 2021. So yeah, so it's currently shut. Yeah. Right now, yeah, but you can probably they probably take in pre-bookings <laughs> if, you, uh, if you want to get in. I guarantee you, from what I've seen on YouTube, there's a bunch of people that would probably be pre-booking if they actually re-themed this as that's the whole kind of essence of going to this hotel is because it's like messed up and got such a bad issue. But apparently, they're trying to move away from that history. But I know there's some smart people in the world that want to actually make money. They would just capitalize on this and just kind of make it this weirdly themed American Horror Story kind of hotel. Yeah, I wonder I wanted to do because I know they've been taking a while to actually get it back running because it's been shut since 2017 now. So, yeah, three, four, three years already. Just cleaning all those sheets, Seb. Well, this is it. I mean, now that I've said that, I haven't stopped thinking about what it's like to clean seven. I mean, do you actually clean? If no one stays in the room, I suppose it's like if if there's no one in the woods, can you hear a tree fall? But if no one stays in the room, do you wash the sheets still? Do Are you like, is there like a law where no matter what, because dust has fallen on the bed, like do you still have to clean those sheets every day? Or do they skip the rooms that no one stayed in? I don't know. I've never worked in a hotel, but... It'd be interesting to know if anyone's worked in a hotel, if they can just answer that one question. If no one sleeps in the room, do you still have to clean it? Because, um, I don't know, I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would. Or maybe there's like a cutoff day where if it's two days in a row, then enough dust has fallen. That really requires a clean. I don't know. Anyway, I digress. So, yeah, then, then coming into more modern times, the and the reason why we kind of f- fell on this story was... Um, a lady called Elisa Lam. I mean, if you haven't seen the video, which you probably have because it was quite a viral video of a young lady in an elevator who appears to be very disorientated or scared of something, which was my first opinion when watching the video. And then later is found to be dead somewhere in a hotel, which we'll get into in a moment. But yeah, do you want to talk about Elisa Lam? Yeah. 
So uh, one of the quotes I found initially when I first started researching this for myself, because I have obviously heard about it before, was that there was a journalist called Lolita Lopez. And she said, in 22 years plus of doing this job as a news reporter, this is one of those cases that kind of sticks with me because we all know the who, what, when and where, but why is always the question. And I think this sums this case up perfectly. So Elisa was a 21-year-old Canadian college student who had gone traveling. I think she'd taken, I'd actually read that she wasn't a student at the time she was staying in the Cecil Hotel. She'd actually taken a gap from education to go traveling. Right, yeah. Um, she had a blog spot named Ether Fields before switching over to Tumblr, and her, her Tumblr was named the Nouvelle Nouveau. And she, which I quite like the title of that, by the way, because it, it means new news, which I thought was pretty cool. But yeah. I've got some weird things about the blog later just from my own trying to. <laughs> okay. I didn't actually I didn't dive into the blog. I, I kind of stayed away from the blog, but, but I'll be interested to hear that later. So, Elisa stayed at the hotel so i think and this is just speculation she probably stayed at that she sought the or no i know that she sought the hotel out specifically and apparently in her personal life she was quite into the paranormal and the unexplained right i believe so, so she had kind of researched all the stuff we've just talked about previously and thought that's the place i want to stay okay so her family had been wary of her traveling by herself but she was determined to go at it alone and as a compromise she had to check in with her parents every single day on january the 31st they didn't hear from her and almost i think immediately informed the la police who searched the premise of the hotel but didn't find her they also searched the hotel with dogs, but they couldn't go everywhere within the hotel without probable cause, so not the entire thing was searched. But the roof was searched, which is interesting, with dogs, um, mm -hmm. we'll find later. Yeah. So then police soon released this surveillance footage taken from the elevator, which you were talking about, which is just this really weird video of her like panicking in this elevator, and she's going crazy, and she's pressing all the buttons, and she's like peering out the doors, yeah, it's very disturbing to look at because you, you can't quite make out what's going on. And one of the things I couldn't work out is why the doors weren't shutting yeah. at all. Because yeah. if you press elevator doors, they do close at some point. And she was standing in there for quite a long time and they don't close. We will put this video up on the, um, we'll put a link to it on the Facebook page. So if anyone wants to watch it, you can check it out there. It's very interesting watch. It's only a couple of minutes long. But that was the first thing that came to mind is why are the doors not actually responding in any way at all even when she's not standing there touching them so february 19th two weeks after and this just makes me sick to my stomach guests started to complain of low water pressure and vile tasting water some even said that their water would come out black before clearing and that it had a funny taste to it and you knew what was coming as soon as you heard that you were like oh no i can see where this story's heading Maintenance worker Santiago Lopez eventually found Alyssa's body floating in one of the water tanks. So she was naked, her clothes were next to her, and it was exactly the same thing she was wearing in the surveillance video in the elevator. So they, they positively ID'd her just from the clothes and, and the fact it was her. Some people could recognise her. The weirdest thing about this, I don't know if you saw this part, but when they discovered the, what the water issue was, they didn't... They didn't evacuate the hotel. Uh, they actually made the people, the guests at the hotel, sign a waiver to say that 
they can continue drinking the water if they want to, but the hotel has got nothing to do with it if you get sick from that point on, which I thought was just the grossest thing ever. Rather than compensating them or at least providing them with Evian or something, they actually allowed um, guests to carry on drinking, showering, whatever, in the same grim black I read that the, this the particular water tank that she was found in provided water not only to the guest rooms but also to the kitchen and one of their coffee shops. Oh wow! So you're just drinking it, you're eating it, you're bathing in it. Oh, this it's yeah. I I think that alone, I just I, that would take me months to get over that. That would traumatize me if I know that I've been showering in a person's dead water for a space of like five days. And every day I'm wondering, why does this smell? What is, why is this discolored? Yeah. Yeah, Why is it? I mean, I'm not touching any water that comes out black. I'll be honest with you. I'm not even going to investigate what that tastes like at that point. Um, Even the slightest discoloring, I'm I'm already out. But um, yeah. So yeah. What was you saying? So essentially, they found her now at the bottom of this water tank, um, which are based on the roof of this building. So the first kind of, uh, I suppose, mystery was how did she get there um, after the video was seen as well. after Because the video footage was played kind of to that state of America or nationally across America before they found her. I think it was four or five days before they found her on the roof. So a lot of people have already seen the video of her in the elevator and kind of speculated as to what was going on there. They knew she was missing, and at that point she was just a missing person, and then they discover her body in the water tank on the roof five days later. So what happens after that? Yeah, so it's basically just the investigation. So the hotel staff had told authorities that she was also, she was always seen by herself around the hotel premises, so they didn't initially have any suspects in mind that could have done that to her. One of the last people to see her alive was a lady called Katie Orphan, who was the owner of the last bookstore, which spit ominous. Mm-hmm. Um, where that was the name of the bookstore, the last that bookstore. Wow, that, that is, I didn't know that part, but that's that's quite creepy. Yeah. Um, apparently, she was buying gifts for her family and seemed to be in high spirits and definitely planned to go home if she was buying gifts for her family. Mm. And she didn't show any disorientation. Apparently, she just seemed as normal as could be. So yeah, that was that was interesting. I think other people from the hotel said the same thing that they they had seen her around and she wasn't acting bizarre or anything, which was makes the the elevator scene seem all that kind of more mysterious. There was a hotel manager, Amy Price, at the time. Her statement in court. So we'll um, this goes on. There was a case. Uh, her family brought a case against the hotel for accidental death. Mm-hmm. And court. Amy Price said that during Lamb's stay at the Cecil Hotel, she was originally booked in a hotel in a hostel style shared room with others. However, they had complaints about odd behavior from her. And That's she- right. Yeah. Yeah. So the other guests were like, you need to get her out of here or we're leaving. And they moved her to a room on her own at that point. They did. Yeah. But the weird thing is, because up until one day before she was supposed to leave, she did call her parents every day, and they did speak to her every day, and they thought that she was fine. And I'm I'm wondering whether they did think she was fine, or they just kind of thought, you know, she's coming home soon, let's not rock the boat, or, you know, she's sounding like she's getting a bit weird, but if she does get on the plane and she gets home soon, we can, we can sort her out, and she'll be fine once she gets home. And obviously, it didn't happen. So, and I guess- just... 
reason that you're saying what you're saying in the way that you're saying it is that we now know that she was actually diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Correct. Correct. That's right. I was going to get to that in a moment. Only because I, I wanted to talk about first just some of the reasons what people made up as to the elevator scene itself because there was there was some bizarre kind of things that people came up with one of them was um she was being chased by someone who was trying to murder her um and she was trying to escape yeah other ones is that she was obviously the place is haunted and there was some sort of spirit um, doing something which we'll come back to a little bit later but yeah and then other other things were just kind of like more bizarre type of reasons and conspiracies and you know different dimensions and creepy kind of uh, supernatural kind of vibes. So going on to the bipolar situation, because this is what ultimately became the ending of the story, was when her parents confessed that she did suffer from bipolar and she was on medicine to treat her bipolar and any kind of psychotic activities, I suppose. So, yeah, what did you find out about that? Yeah, so I actually... I mean, I did some research as well, but I actually read her autopsy report, which was odd and very inconclusive and not very complete. Which, okay. Uh, what, did, what, what did the autopsy say? So the toxicology report confirmed that Lam had consumed a number of medical drugs likely to be for her bipolar. There was no alcohol or illegal substances in her body. However, when the report was released, it was noted that Lam took at least one antidepressant on the day. And she had taken a second antidepressant and a mood stabiliser recently, but not on that day. Mm -hmm. And she had not taken her antipsychotic recently, which led people to conclude that she wasn't taking her medication properly for her bipolar disorder. And that one of the most common side effects was actually mania. Right. Okay. And that's that's the main thing here, because people are saying... If you take the the antidepressant part for the bipolar disorder and you don't take the antipsychotic part, that's where the imbalance comes into play. And eventually you start suffering from um, what they call like delusional active uh, behavior. Um, so you might start seeing vision, not visions. What's the word for that? Um, the hallucinations, <laughs> visions. <laughs> it, it sounded wrong the moment it left my lips. Um, you might start having hallucinations. Body might start shaking, or you might start feeling very hot and warm, and all these types of things kind of led up to how they found her, like on the roof in a cool area, maybe wanting to submerge her body because she felt hot or warm, and obviously her seeing things in in the elevator that we can see in the video. So that kind of explains it from from that point of view but obviously that doesn't stop people still wanting to forget the science and the facts and just kind of speculate and go no 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 it was nothing to do with that it was about a spooky woman that visits you in an elevator if you play a a game called the korean elevator game what is the korean elevator game zoe so the korean elevator game were i had never heard about it before researching or this case but it's basically a game where you're trying to reach another dimension by using elevators. Okay, so let's just preface this by saying, by us talking about this, we are not saying that this is an actual thing. We're just letting you know that it's an actual thing in terms of what some people believe. Um, and people today, even right now, you can YouTube this, are currently playing this game. Um, and I'd never heard about it until until researching this story. But have you got the rules for the game? Have you got the rules? 
rules for the game. Uh, again, I will not be trying this because it sounds terrifying. <laughs> so the rules are you have to do this completely by yourself. You're not allowed to like do this with friends or anything. So that makes it even creepier. Yeah. Enter the elevator from the first floor by yourself. If anyone else gets on, then understand you cannot continue from the first floor and wait until the elevator can be taken alone. Correct. But first of all, before you say that, you first of all have to have a building that has at least 10 oh, floors. <laughs> because that was the first point. And I thought, well, that makes it hard. Because I thought it was like five floors at first. Because you'll find out a reason in a minute. Everyone mentions number five. But yeah, you're first going to need to find a building that actually has 10 floors in it and is a vacant building. So that's hard on itself. But yeah. And obviously the, um, the Cecil Hotel does. Yes, correct. So you went to the elevator from the first floor make sure no one else gets in then you press the button for the fourth floor do not get out when the elevator reaches the fourth floor stay in the elevator and press the button for the second floor do not get out when you reach the second floor stay on the elevator and press the button for the sixth floor do not get out when you reach the sixth floor remain in the elevator and press the button for a second floor do not get out when you reach the second floor stay on the elevator press the button for the tenth floor some have reported hearing a voice calling to them on the second floor during this middle section of the ritual. Do not reply. Do not answer in any way. I <laughs> that point. <laughs> I'm out. As soon as I hear that voice, this, this experiment is over. I mean, I probably would have been over from just the third button press. But <laughs> but yeah, so you've got to the point now where you're on your way to the 10th floor. Hearing voices, yeah. Do not get out once you reach the 10th floor. Stay on and press the button for the 5th floor. Now, this is the infamous fifth floor. It yeah. reported by some that a woman may enter the elevator on floor five. She may appear as a stranger who wishes to engage with you. More importantly, she may appear as someone you know. It's important that you do not acknowledge her in any way, in word or glance. If the elevator you are in is reflective, then stare at the floor or the buttons only. Just right. So that point there is where I'm kind of out because... <laughs> If, if someone actually does get in, after you've done all of that, that first part, you've obviously checked the building to make sure no one's going to interrupt you because it's going to take a while. You don't want to do those first three phases and then someone walks in. Um, so you've done your checks, you found a building with 10 floors, and then you actually do all that first part, and then you get to the fifth floor and some woman enters. Your heart at that point is going to start beating. And, and the thing is, because you're not allowed to look at her, you're making this vibe even more creepy than it needs to be anyway. So now it becomes a very awkward, creepy kind of vibe. She's yeah. probably more petrified of you because you're <laughs> acting so bizarre and she's got to get in this lift with you. So right, you're on <laughs> happening every time I get in on five. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you're on the fifth floor, the woman gets in, you have to ignore her. What's next? Horror stories about her. So you've had people saying that someone will get in. All these people on, you know, like Reddit saying they've done it and it was words. So, you know, take yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and she starts screaming at you or it's someone you know and she's trying to say hello to you or like it's and you've just got to ignore this woman screaming in your face. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm so out. And and this is where the fifth floor comes in with Alyssa acting weird because people think that she was seeing that woman. Yes. Okay. So that's how it all ties in as well. You press the button and head to the first floor. Instead of going towards the first floor, you instead begin to ascend to the 10th. Then you know you've performed the ritual correctly. However, this is very important. And if you... But wait a minute. The way you know that you've done it correctly yeah. is because you're at that point, you should be the only person in the hotel or whichever building you're in, which I don't know how you'll tell that straight away. No. And it, and it goes, you press the button for the first floor and it takes you to 10, not one. Yes. 
Yeah, so it takes you to 10 and not 1. So that's kind of how you know it's worked, the actual, I suppose, the electronic part of it. Um, and then when the doors open, you'll know because you're the only one in the building. And apparently, I saw today in another article that you will see, if you look at the window of that building, all you'll see is a burning red cross in the sky. Yes, yeah. Okay, so that, that would let me know at that point, I'll be honest. <laughs> not, not the fact that no one's there when the doors open, but if I look out the window and see nothing but a burning cross in the sky, I would definitely know something has just changed. And I think I think the woman can still be with you at this point too. So. Yes, I mean, how how scary would that be at that point where you're like, I don't know where I am, and also you've got a choice at this point. You can either stay in the elevator, or you can get out of the elevator, which I, I just find that part petrifying. But then if you're staying in, you're also staying in an elevator with this very creepy woman who's not questioning why we're in the middle of nothingness and <laughs> just looking at a burning cross. Yeah. Um, and, and plus, you can't speak to her or look at her. No, she must be kind of the gatekeeper, right? Exactly, oh. exactly. Oh, so, true. And also, so if you choose not to get out, to kind of unlock all of what you've just done now. It's there quite, are things to go through. I'm not going to go through them because I'm just going to let people get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cruel. That is really, really cruel because I know there's some people that are actually going to play this game because just because they're crazy like that. But the one thing I will say, if you don't, I won't tell you how you get out if you choose to actually step out the elevator, you can look that up yourself because it is quite convoluted. It's kind of like the reverse of what we've just said. But if you choose to not step out the elevator, apparently all you need to do is press floor one. And if it doesn't take you to floor one, you just keep pressing floor one. Don't press anything else. Don't talk to the woman until the lift takes you back to the first floor and then you exit. And when you exit, don't turn around. Don't look at the woman. Just bolt it out the door. Yeah. So I've had like on the last line, it says like, yeah, as you said, you can either stay in the elevator or exit the elevator on the first floor. Some have some have reported that upon attempting to leave the elevator, the woman will try one last time to engage with you. She may raise her voice and ask where you're going or even what's wrong. She may shriek as you cross the door threshold. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? And do not engage or look at her or even out of fear. Yeah. I, I mean, I would be fearful. There's no yeah. doubt about it. After all that. One story from somewhere else, I don't have it written down here, that they actually did look at her at that point. And apparently this person um, now sees her wherever they go and she just follows them. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. I mean, if you want to see people playing this game, uh, listeners, please just go on YouTube, type in the elevator game, yeah. and you probably won't last the whole entire trip, but it, there is some entertaining footage on there of people saying they're experiencing things. And not just for the elevator game, a lot of people actually do return to the Cecil Hotel and just to see if it's haunted, and they'll take a lot of video footage there and try and show you some of their experiences of what they find spooky in the hotel but elisa lamb was kind of like the last so far i believe is the last victim so to speak of the hotel no. there's been more after that as well uh no yeah what year did she die? no yes i think she was there was another one who died in 2015 it was a man by suicide um, oh really okay so he has been he's the most recent death the hotel has taken Okay, I didn't even know there was another one after Elisa. Going back to Elisa just quickly, though, there's yeah. one fact that we have to talk about, yeah. which was the Elisa Lamb test that they did on her. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> thinking about that. I was thinking about something else. Oh, was you? Okay, well, yeah. uh, let me just tell listeners first. So, out of everything that they that we've discussed with Elisa Lamb, even the video included, the thing that was most bizarre to me, because I do believe in coincidences, don't get me wrong, but this has to be 
one of the biggest coincidences I've ever seen, ever. There's a test that they did to her after post-death, um, just to kind of see what um, if they could diagnose what was wrong with her. And that test itself is called the Lam Elisa test. And I just said, there's just no way. I couldn't, I couldn't get it. I couldn't believe it. When I, I had to text Zoe and say, have you seen this, Zoe? This does, that's just out of everything I've read, that to me is the most bizarre coincidence you could ever have. I mean, if, if I had died and they said, oh, by coincidence, we did the Bowen Sebastian test on him. <laughs> and that's, and that thing existed before I did. Like, come on. Like, no, I couldn't buy that. But I, what does it stand for again? I'll try and find because it's the, the the word. Did you write it down? I sent it to you, um, but it's so convoluted. Um, I mean, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it anyway. No, I, that's what I was thinking as well. I'm going to ask people just to to look it up because it is just it's very long winded. Um, the wording of it, but whether you believe that or not, I just couldn't. That's the one thing my mind was just blown when I when I read that. I was just like, they did the what test on her? And then I looked it up and it was an actual real thing that had nothing nothing to do with her whatsoever. Like, uh, unless her father invented that, I just can't buy that. I really can't. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, it's a, it's a definitely um, a bizarre hotel with a crazy history and a crazy past. I mean, could we go far saying it's haunted? I mean, if we look at it from a point of view of one of those Victorian stories that we would have heard in modern day times, it sounds haunted. I mean, it's got all of the kind of, you know, mystery and, and kind of, I suppose, weirdness about it to be written down as a campfire, like, you know, horror story type thing. I mean, like you said, they made an entire series on American horror story about it. So it definitely feels that kind of um, remit, I suppose, to be classed as a haunted hotel. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of a lot of the what happens is unexplained or unsolved, which adds like an extra dimension to it. Yeah, like an extra layer of mystery over the top. No one's a hundred percent what happened to um, Elisa or whether someone else was involved. There's a couple of things that stood out to me that I thought maybe someone could be involved. What made you think that? What made you feel that? Well, for example, there's two things. One. So the family, they tried to see the hotel for um, dangerous or accidental death, um, saying that she could, it was too easy for the public to gain access to a dangerous part of the hotel. Mm-hmm. When they submitted that claim, they actually spoke to the gentleman who found her body and he described how much effort he had to go to to find it. So. You have to take the elevator to the fifth floor. You have to walk up to the rooftop staircase, turn off the rooftop alarm, climb on the platform where the waters for hotel, uh, water tanks are. And they've said it would be difficult for anyone to access the roof where the water tanks are held. And this is a bit that kind of gets me. Apparently, it's almost impossible to get onto the roof without triggering the alarms. And only hotel employees would be able to deactivate the alarm. And if it was triggered, the sound of the alarm would reach the front desk as well as the entire top two floors. Mm-hmm. Um, in these kind of places, in these kind of environments, what you'll find is staff will smoke in those areas. <laughs> so the alarms will, could be deactivated for the simple reason that this is where the staff usually go and have a quick cigarette and they could just have an exit there. I know it sounds really daft to say that, but in reality... From my own experience, a lot of secure places are not secure because people like to do 
things just like have a quick cigarette or something like that and it becomes like a communal area that is almost agreed upon amongst the staff and the management that rather than doing it out the front you can go to the fifth floor and then go up onto the roof nothing to steal from there it's not like you have to protect the roof no exactly exactly and um they probably didn't expect well <laughs> i say didn't expect there's been how many other suicides since <laughs> and before they probably did expect yeah maybe you would yeah yeah exactly so apparently um even though you know she was glued to her phone and she was this avid Tumblr, um poster yeah her phone has never been found and in the aftermath of her disappearance and murder, her her Tumblr kept updating. Okay, so I did see this little tidbit about the Tumblr update, and apparently, I'm not a user of Tumblr, but apparently you can have a setting on Tumblr that allows them to post on your behalf on your page, um, especially when you don't post to it a few days. So it kind of looks like your activities still going. But the fact they've never found her phone, yeah, that does bother me. That does bother me a lot more because things with phones, phones are so, especially in modern day, especially someone who's a blogger, it's on you all the time. That's the one thing that you will know, unless that person has lost their phone, which would explain why she didn't call her parents the day before, which could have been explained her anxiety, you know, why she actually got upset in the first place and started getting disorientated, forgot to take her pills. Who knows? It could have been a chain effect from just losing her phone the previous day before. But being a blogger, your phone is usually close by. And all her clothes were found quite neatly piled up on next to the water tank as well, where they found her body. So I don't know why would her phone not have been with her when she was on this journey up to the roof as well. Because apparently she did like to used to go on roofs and take pictures. Uh, I saw in one article that she did actually used to do that for her blog. She would go up to some top of some buildings and take photographs. So if she was going up there to take a photograph or even had the slight intent of doing that, she would have had her phone with her. So, yeah, there's the mystery over the phone. However, a phone can just be lost. And that might have been what triggered these whole bizarre events, because I know some people get crazy when they lose their phone. I tried to go onto her Tumblr and it's like completely blank now. It's just like an archive. You can't actually see anything that she's posted. Oh, right. Okay. Anything that's left on the the front of the page. So you can't, you know, you can't see any of her recent posts. It's been completely kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. The only thing that is left there is one quote that says, you're always haunted by the idea that you're wasting your life. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's quite impactful, isn't it? Gosh. I mean, do you think in any way she planned it? Do you think it was suicide? Or do you think it was? Because it did go down as accidental death in the end. That was the... And the hotel won the court case. It was deemed that that it was unreasonable for the hotel not to assume all their guests would be trying to get in their water tanks. So... Okay. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But I'm sure they would have a job to secure that area. But I suppose they can say, yeah, no one intended... And, And from what I saw in videos... It wasn't amazingly difficult to get actually onto the area where the water tanks is. I don't know how difficult it was to actually get on the roof itself. But uh, I know when it was originally reported, they said that was one of the mysteries of how she actually got onto the area. But I have seen other shots that do show a ladder leading up to that area on on another adjacent building, which you can then jump down onto the area with the water tanks on. So um, that does solve that part of the mystery. But how hard it was to actually get on the roof itself, that's another subject. But yeah, so very, very sad for Lisa Lamb and Lisa Lamb's family. But she did totally wake me up to the Cecil Hotel and just 
all the things that have gone on there. And it made me wonder as well, what type of things would be interesting if we do another podcast on a hotel in London or England that's got a similar, similar history. In fact, that might be one I want to look into leading off of this for the future episode. Because we've definitely got a long history and there's been some hotels in this country that have been around for ages and ages. Some of the inns in the pubs. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think, Alyssa, it was just really unfortunate. She wasn't taking her medication. I think she might have even got riled up by the history of the Cecil Hotel because she knew what was going on there. She'd researched that before. And I think it was just an unfortunate accident. I don't think anything went on. Okay. To say that, like, it's not really weird that all this stuff keeps happening in the same hotel. Mm. And it's still really tragic and it's still crazy that so many like one building can have so much misfortune exactly and i'm just thinking four years time it would have been around for a hundred years so it'd be interesting if it reopens in in 2024 i mean that would be crazy imagine if it opened reopened literally a hundred years to the day that would add to the whole kind of mystique of it wouldn't it but yeah have you got anything else to say on the cecil hotel no, I think, yeah, there's a lot of people who I think want it to be haunted. There's several pictures on the internet that we've seen of ghosts jumping out of windows. Oh, my gosh. How did I forget that? Okay, so, yeah, this 14-year-old boy, apparently, recently, it was quite recently as well, wasn't he? He took a photograph of what looks like some sort of apparition floating outside of the window. It's It's a bit grainy, the image, but... There's definitely some blurriness going on outside the window of this of this um, thing, and and to, to, as of yeah, I haven't seen any videos that have debunked the image or said that it's not real. But I haven't I haven't dived into it completely. But the few videos I did see and few articles I did see on that one thing didn't really debunk it and say it was a fake. But no. you weren't con- you weren't convinced though when you saw that image, was you? I think it's I literally think it's a smudge or like a blue light or like. Flash from another room or something. I mean, we'll put again. We'll put the uh, photo on our Facebook. You think, but yeah, I, I was a little bit more kind of leaning towards. Oh, that looks weird. And Zoe was just straight away like, "That's rubbish." <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I was definitely leaning towards. Oh, it could be. I do like to think that there could be something weird going on. I, uh, I, I wouldn't stay there. I don't think. No, and that's what I think it comes down to. And I definitely want to stay on the ninth floor because, like I said, everything I noticed, it seemed to jump out on the ninth for me. Not quite, excuse the pun. But a lot of the people that have literally jumped out of windows, it was always on the ninth floor. Um, but yeah, two serial killers as well. And yeah, and I think even just getting in that lift after watching that video so many times would be a bit of a bizarre experience. And uh, no, nah. and I wouldn't play the elevator game in that building. I wouldn't play it anywhere, but yeah. I, to get ready for this, when I first told you about it, because you had you hadn't heard about it, you were like, "Oh, let's play it, let's do it." <laughs> I thought it'd be good research just to do it, but when I actually saw the rules to it, I, I don't know, I don't know. What, looking at the rules is what freaked me out about it. I think even more because the rules are so specific in the way you've got to do it. I think I'm more fearful of level five and just hoping a woman doesn't walk in on the lift. But also, I just think how hard it would be to find a building with 10 floors that is vacant enough for you to get through all of those instructions without someone walking in. And if they're walking on the fifth floor, you're just going to, your heart's just going to drop. So, but there are some funny videos of that on YouTube, people doing that. So you should check it out if you get the chance. We might try and put some links uh, on the Facebook page as well for that. I think, um, I think we've covered the Cecil Hotel quite well. 
obviously people want to discuss it yeah i can go to the uh, facebook group for the curious cat and give us some comments and uh give us some likes on the podcast as well try and uh, get us up the itunes spotify list if possible and let us know what your thoughts are would you stay there have you stayed there do you know someone that stayed there and any other kind of hotels because like i said i do want to have a look and see if there are similar stories on this side of the pond as well but um from me i think that's everything i have to say on it unless though unless you have anything else you want to add no i mean we've got uh, our social media links that you can track for us on so we've got facebook um we are the curious cat podcast you can search for us there and then instagram and twitter is at curious cat pod so that's c-u-r-i-o-u-s cat pod all one word and you can find the podcast, as I said, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your iTunes. Uh, sorry, wherever you get your iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, I meant to say. Um, but yeah, that's it from us. And hopefully we'll be bringing you another episode in a couple of weeks. So please stay tuned. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye.